You're listening to a podcast on Catholic Saints. This podcast is produced by the Augustan Institute, an apostolate helping Catholics understand, live, and share their faith. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Catholic Saints. My name is Taylor Kemp. I'm the director of Formed, and with me is our illustrious chief content officer, Dr. Ben Akers. That was kind. Of you. Ben, good to see you. Yeah, good to have Thanks you. Thanks for being good here. Good to be seen. Thank you. Today we are talking about the saint, or on this show we talk about the saints. Today we are talking about Saint Luke. So let us begin with the most obvious of questions: Who is Saint Luke? Who is Saint Luke? He's one of the th- he's the third gospel writer. So the gospel, the writer of the third gospel, I should say. So he's an evangelist. He writes the gospel that we call the Gospel of Saint Luke, and he also is the writer of Acts of the Apostles. So two major hmm. books in the New Testament were written by St. Luke. He's also the only non-Israelite, non-Jewish writer in the New Testament as That's well. That's interesting. Yeah. So what, yes, what do we know about him? Yeah, so if we're looking at the scriptures, we're going to go through different passages of scripture. We can gather the data. And looking at the data, what we discover is that he's from Antioch in Syria. Okay. Uh, he is, it's unclear if he was, uh, you know, a pagan maybe who converted to Judaism and then to Christianity, or if he was a pagan who, you know, directly converted to Christianity. He's trained in the art of medicine. Okay. Paul in Colossians chapter four, verse 14, calls him the beloved physician. Okay. It's a really beautiful title, the mm-hmm. beloved physician. Like it he's, is. you know, it's great to travel with the doctor. It is. Uh, and uh, which I think is actually why some we see mercy, why we see healings in his gospel in a particular way. Yeah, with some detail. Yes. Yeah. And he also is not a disciple of Jesus. So we don't have any evidence that he met Jesus in his lifetime. Which I actually think that's a point that's worth hanging on a little bit. Yeah. I, I've, there's been times where I, I remember telling people that not all of the people who wrote the gospels knew Christ. And they're like, yeah. what? Right. So yeah, St. Luke didn't, he was not a disciple of Jesus in his earthly ministry. That's right. So same with Mark. So we yeah. look at Mark. We don't. We, we you know, there's a chance that Mark could have been part of the 72. And you know, some I've heard, even heard argue that Luke might have been part of the 72. But really, Matthew and John are the two disciples of Jesus. We see them listed as apostles of Jesus. As well, mm-hmm. Mark bases his gospel on the preaching of Saint Peter. Mm-hmm. Luke okay. bases his preaching on the gospel of Saint Paul. And how do we know that? Yes, yeah, so the, a couple a couple things we can look at. So not only gospel, his gospel is not only based on Paul's account because we have scenes in Luke's gospel that we don't have in other gospels. Yep. And Luke has this beautiful beginning to his gospel. If you have your yep. translation yep. in front of you, but just the very beginning of of Luke, where he tells you know he writes his gospel, and he's writing to a person named Theophilus, and he's telling him what he's going to do in his gospel. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things which have been accomplished among us, just as they were delivered to us by those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the truth concerning the things of which you have been informed. Mm-hmm. So that's Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. A couple things to note about this, that many have undertaken to compile a narrative, so that there he uh, there are other gospels out there. Yep. So Matthew and Mark could be or, two of those. Or yeah, and plus probably others who are writing about Christ mm-hmm. that were not did not end up in the canon. And then those who are delivered to us by those from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. So I talked to people that were ministers of the word mm-hmm. of the gospel and eyewitness accounts. 
So I have talked to people that are eyewitnesses and now go into some of the stories that he has in a particular way. Okay. And I want to give you an orderly account. Mm-hmm. So he puts it in a particular order to present the gospel of Jesus Christ. He mm-hmm. wants to tell you a story. He has a narrative he's pushing forward. He's making an argument or for why Jesus is the Christ and is the Messiah. He, uh, when he says he talks to eyewitnesses, um, we have some incredible stories from the life of Christ that others don't have in the gospel. For example, okay. the early life of Jesus, yeah. um, the annunciation to Zechariah, the annunciation to Mary, the annunciation of the angels to the shepherds when Christ is born, the birth of Jesus, the finding of the child Jesus in the temple when he's 12 years old. These are all stories that are particular to Luke. Okay. So what else is in particular to Luke? We also have Luke's influence as a you know, communicating the hymns that were sung in the hmm. early church. So we have the Benedictus, the blessed be the Lord, the mm-hmm. God of Israel from mm-hmm. Zechariah after he, after John the Baptist is born, the Magnificat. These are just the Latin first words of these prayers that we say in the church. The Benedictus is said every morning mm-hmm. by every priest, religious, bishop, the Pope in the divine office, the liturgy of the hours. Mm-hmm. So it's said during morning prayer, the Magnificat, that my soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, the Psalm of Mary, is said in the evening prayer. Mm-hmm. The Nunc Dimittis is said every day for night prayer. That's mm-hmm. the prayer of Simeon in the temple, mm-hmm. which says, Lord, now let your servant be dismissed. And then the Gloria that the, the angels sing at the birth of Christ. Oh, I did not realize yeah. how many. So Luke has really influenced the yeah. daily and weekly liturgical cycle of the church and the hymns. Um, where does he get this information from? Are you asking me? Yeah. Is that rhetorical? What do you think? Rhetorical. No, well, you I would believe there is a there is a tradition in which uh, our Blessed Mother uh, came to live with Luke yeah. for a period of time. Yep. I think he hears it from our Blessed Virgin. I think he hears it from John, who would mm-hmm. have also heard it from Our Lady if she's already been assumed. Yeah, so w- when you read the infancy narratives, the detail with which you're, yes. you're like, how would he know these things? Right. So it makes you think, oh, he, he would have yeah. heard it from Jesus. And he tells mom. us at the beginning, he's like, I talk to eyewitnesses. Yeah. And so I'm going to communicate this to you. I've done my homework. I've done my research. And now I want to share with you the good news of Christ. There's some stories in Luke that are only found in Luke, like parables, the parable of the prodigal son, the famous story of the great merciful father, and also the parable of the good Samaritan. Mm. Those two parables are only found in Luke's gospel. Yeah, he's a beautiful storyteller. Mm-hmm. There really are. They're lengthy. There's some lengthy segments. There's a tradition that you know he's an artist, and we can get to that. But really, he's also an artist with words mm. and storycraft. He's he's telling a wonderful narrative of the life of Jesus and weaving these details together. He's the only gospel writer to tell us the ascension in his gospel. Oh yeah, wow, yeah. yeah. And he'll you know give more detail in Acts of the Apostles. One of the themes of Luke's gospel as well is that you see Jesus as a prayer, as one who prays. So seven times in his gospel, he makes it clear that at particular moments of Jesus' life that are important to his ministry, Jesus is praying before the event. So Hmm. he's teaching us as Jesus is teaching us uh, by noting that for us. Hmm. He also, one of the themes that you'll see is mercy, as I mentioned. Uh, Women have a prominent role. Uh, okay. Meals, lots of conversation takes around the place around meals. Hmm. Uh, the Gentiles are um, are included in a particular way in the plan of salvation. So God came to, to redeem humanity, not just the select nation. So one of the ways we see that is in his stories, but he traces the genealogy of Jesus all the way back to Adam. Okay. He wants yeah. to show you that like this is the story of the human race everyone. being redeemed. Jesus is, f- is saving everyone. And then you know, details about him being a physician, he'll use words in his telling of a story 
that uh, only a physician, a well-trained physician. Mm -hmm. So example of this would be, he gives us the detail in the Agony in the Garden of Jesus sweating blood, mm -hmm. which is a very technical, you know, medical reality, hematohydrosis. Hmm. And he puts that in his Interesting. gospel. Yeah. He puts that in, in terms of, he describes it. He describes he it and uses, uses the word, uses the medical uses term the for word. it. Yeah. So we translate that into like sweating blood, sweating yes. blood, but yes. it's actually a and only a doctor would know that that a at a particular term. moment in a, of of someone being under severe distress, would, that would duress, happen. that would happen. Fascinating, yeah. So this is really you know just some general themes if we're going through Luke and his gospel as he writes it, uh, and he also writes part two to his gospel. We call it. He's the only gospel writer to write a part two. Yeah. <laughs> so we have John, John's gospel. He writes epistles and he writes mm -hmm. the book of Revelation, but Revelation is not a part two to John's gospel. Yeah. But really Acts of the Apostles is this divinely inspired historical narrative of the life of the early church. What do the Acts of the Apostles and the gospel have in common? They're both written by the same person. Mm -hmm. They're addressed to the same person, to mm -hmm. Theophilus. So he says, in that first book, Theophilus, I told you everything Jesus began to do and teach. Mm-hmm. And the implication is in this book, I'm going to tell you everything Jesus continues yeah, to do and teach. Which is an incredibly important theological point. Yes. In, in what way? Well, okay. So if you, if you try to break that down, the gospel of the, for the, his first book, the yeah. gospel, he is saying that I'm going to teach you everything that Jesus began to do and to teach. However, Jesus is crucified. He dies. He is resurrected and he ascends. Uh, and so you know, in consequence, then by saying that there is this continuation of Jesus's ministry, but Jesus is not there, yeah. he's implying, okay, so then it is Jesus's work is continuing in the world and he's going to unfold how that happens through the church. Exactly right. So the, what Jesus does in the historical body is physical body is communicating the gospel. Mm -hmm. What he, Jesus continues to do in his mystical body, the church, the lives of the disciples, the apostles mm -hmm. is manifest. So Jesus healed people. Jesus forgave sins. He he cast out demons. He raised people from the dead. Th these things that Jesus did in his public ministry, the church will do in her yep. ministry. And it's so, for us uh, today, the thing that we have to remember is that that is not something that simply continued back then as we read about it in the pages of the book of Acts, but that that is something that is continued by the power, the sending of the Holy Spirit and the life of grace in all of us who are members of the body of Christ today. So this is not yeah. some historical story that was to be left back then, but that Acts lays out, this is how God is continuing to work and that that has continued. That has not stopped. And the Holy Spirit active in the life of the church that makes all these things possible for Jesus's mystical body, the church. Uh, sometimes some scholars even called Acts of the Apostles the gospel of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So if the gospel of Jesus, the gospel of the Holy Spirit, how is the Holy Spirit you know, animating the life of the apostles that are, that are living out the, mm -hmm. the life of the church? And this squares perfectly with a lot of the same theology that St. Paul is saying, of That's course. That's exactly right. That the the yes. church makes up for what is lacking in the body of Christ, that uh, he is active in all things as the head through the body, his, his church. So um, obviously this is corroborates with the rest of Scripture. No, Luke and Paul are hand in glove yeah. in, their, in their theology. That's good insight. Uh, another connection between the gospel and Acts of the Apostles, the gospel of St. Luke begins, is centered on, ends on Jerusalem. Mm. Acts of the Apostles, so all the actions in Jerusalem, because this is where Jesus is going to save the world, save people from their sins, and then you know, rise, uh, rise from the dead and ascend into heaven. Acts of the Apostles begins in Jerusalem, but ends in Rome, the very mm. center of the empire. So yep. really the very Jerusalem-centric gospel 
Acts begins in Jerusalem, but really the trajectory is out hmm. to the ends of the earth because this message can't be contained. Mm. It really is for the whole world. And so Acts of the Apostles ends with Paul in Rome in prison in Acts mm. 28. So do we know how, well, before I move on. Yeah. Oh, oh keep going. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, do we know how he died? But I don't want to go there yet if we're still walking through. No, I, I, what I want to highlight is just a friendship between St. Paul yeah. and St. Luke. Because uh, St. Luke will use Paul as his principal witness in especially Acts 13 through 28, where we really see the ministry, the, the writing is, and the stories are centered on the life of Paul. Luke joins Paul at his second missionary journey. And he's also with Paul at the end of his life, end of Acts of the Apostles, as I mentioned, but also at the mm -hmm. end of his life. We don't know how they're met, okay. but we do know they're friends. Mm -hmm. St. Irenaeus, in his uh, wonderful work Against the Heresies, says, uh, describes Luke as Paul's, quote, constant companion and fellow traveler, mm -hmm. and claims that Luke was inseparable from Paul. Mm -hmm. So really, just really, it, for me, this is a beautiful testament of friendship yep. in serving That's the right. kingdom, is they had a friendship. They worked closely together, and even Luke was there with Paul uh, as he, as his life ended. In a particular way, uh, in you know, we see this shift. If you've read Acts, if you're a casual reader of Acts of the Apostles, the narrative shifts from the third person singular to the first person right. plural at certain points. Where Paul, you know, we say we did this, mm -hmm. and that's where we start to really see that Acts of the Apostles is this travel log. Yep. You know, Luke's keeping a journal. Mm -hmm. He's like, this is what's happening as we're you know going and spreading the gospel. Um, one of the things that I wanted to highlight about the friendship of, of Luke and Paul is that the three times that Luke's name is actually mentioned in scripture, mm -hmm. he's mentioned with a, a third uh, person. He's mentioned with another coworker. His name's Damos, D-E-M-A-S, mm. Damos. Um, in Paul's letters, he's always listed alongside of St. Luke. So in Philemon 24, Damos and Luke, my fellow workers, mm -hmm. Colossians 4.14, Luke, the beloved physician, and Damos greet you. Hmm. But the third time that Damos and Luke are mentioned together, it's in 2 Timothy chapter 4. So 2 Timothy is the last letter of St. Mm -hmm. Paul. He's about to reach martyrdom. This is not the Acts 28, the end of Acts 28. He goes on another missionary journey after that. Mm -hmm. he's, but he's near the end of his life. Um, and Damos has abandoned Paul hmm. and Luke on the mission. So this faithful friend, formerly faithful friend is now abandoned him. And St. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, that Damos was too much in love with the present world. He deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Hmm. The next verse he says, but Luke alone is with me. Hmm. And I love that just line. I mean, it's a, it's a sad and kind of melancholic mm -hmm. line, but Luke alone is with me. But Luke was faithful to his friend, Paul. Yeah. Luke was faithful to his mentor, Paul and in spreading the gospel and he was there at the end and if you mm -hmm. ever go to St. Paul outside the walls the beautiful mm -hmm. cathedral mm -hmm. in Rome I know you just went there this year I am Last to year. my shame did oh, you didn't make it you no, didn't make it it, it. it is Saint far Paul out there yes the walls is it's far outside the walls because it's, it's far outside the walls <laughs> it's, it's far outside the metro it's just down the metro line okay so if you get when you go back to Rome and you see this <laughs> if you've been there before this beautiful church and there's this big statue of St. Paul at the front. And he's got this fiery eyes. And he's got a big sword, you know, which represents how he dies. He's mm -hmm. beheaded, but also the word of God that he preached. And you look behind him, there's two pedestals. And one of the pedestals has St. Luke on it. Mm. And you know St. Luke because he's a stylist, a scroll. He's got an ox at his mm -hmm. feet. So all, in iconography and images of St. Luke, you'll see that there's an image of ox mm -hmm. with, with him. Uh, and then the other pedestal is empty. Was it supposed and, to be Damos? I think it's supposed to be Damos. <laughs> 
Man. And so you got Luke alone is with me. And so St. Paul is there on the pedestal. And, and so is St. Luke. And so, you know, the, the challenge for us is, you know, how, how might we be faithful mm-hmm. to those who have handed on the faith to us? And even if they become unfaithful to how do we become faithful to mm-hmm. the word of God and to the message of the gospel? You know, he heard the words of Jesus Christ. You know, he heard the words of the good news of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it so transformed him that he actually wanted others to hear it as well. So he writes the gospel, writes Acts of the Apostles. We, you know, so indebted to him um, and uh, grateful to him for that. His responsorial psalm today, so if you go to Mass, his feast day is October 18th. So if you go to uh, Mass on this day, you'll hear the responsorial psalm. It's one of my favorites from Psalm 145. Your friends make known, O Lord, the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's what friends of Jesus do. They tell others about what it's like to be in this kingdom. That is beautiful. I love about St. Luke too. Uh, as you said, we're so indebted to him. It's this beautiful gospel. It's really well written. And it's always been a great testament when I think about St. Luke that he put his talents at the service of Christ. So mm-hmm. A, he's traveling around being a physician. So he's he's taking the things that have been given and, and allowing those to build up the kingdom. And he's a good writer. He can tell a good story. Yes. He's a great kind of travel blogger. Yeah. <laughs> One of the first. <laughs> and uh, he's putting his talents at the feet of Christ. And we've all benefited. And that, that's a great invitation for all of us of how can we take what has been given to us naturally and spiritually uh, and put them at the feet of Christ so that we can serve, to share, to make known the glorious splendor of, of God's kingdom. I love also that he's the he's a physician. And one of the ways that he saw he could heal people mm. is by sharing the good news of Jesus. So there's a healing power mm. to hearing the gospel. There's a healing power. You know, we who are sick in both, you know, body and soul, it's really the message of Jesus who can who can heal us which is what salvation comes from, salve or mm-hmm. healing. Yeah. Um, so uh, two things, then I have two final questions for you. Yeah. Unless there was anything else no. you had. Alrighty. So one is we have a sacred art episode called Luke the Artist. So if you want to learn right. more about St. Luke the Artist, check that out. That was and a then, fun one because we talked about Luke painting an image yep. of Mary. So check that out. And then the other one is uh, if you've never seen Lexio, The Case for Jesus with Dr. Bram Petrie, it's a great series. It talks about the historicity of the gospels and Luke's gospel in particular, the beginning of it makes it like it grounds it as this is history. But it's a it's a great series if you've ever wondered about the gospels, the historicity of them. My two final questions yes. for you. So if anyone is listening to this and they haven't read the gospel of Luke, would you have any like kind of pro tips for how to get started reading Luke's gospel? Yeah, I'd say start at the beginning. Okay. <laughs> or actually Luke 10 or Luke 15. Luke 10 is the Good Samaritan. Luke 15 is the Prodigal Son. Nice. Uh, sometimes the Prodigal Son is actually called the gospel in miniature. It yeah, tells the whole story, story. of what the gospel message is about. But I really, I think Luke is is very relatable. You can dive right Agreed. in. You don't need to know. You know, he's writing for a Gentile audience, Gentile audience, so an audience that maybe not as familiar with some of the mm-hmm. is- Jewish traditions and customs. So he's writing, and he's. I think what you it's it moves at a very nice clip. Agreed. It's very meditative. Um, it's uh, clear. It's clear. Mm-hmm. And because uh, he doesn't assume like a super in-depth knowledge of Jewish yes. tradition and custom, which right. like Matthew does or something. Right. So yeah, it's a good... It's a yeah, good so I'd say point. really just start at the beginning and just read, if you've never done it before, like Luke and go straight into Acts. Yep. And you'll see lots of parallels between what Jesus has, mm-hmm. did in his gospel and then what the apostles do in the Acts. All right, my final question. Do you have a favorite story or parable from Luke? Because it does have those unique stories. Yeah, you know, the more, the older I get, I think I've always appreciated, I, I think I, the more I appreciate the prodigal son and the merciful yeah. father. Because, uh, you know, when you start to pray through the Luke 15 passage, you see that there's also other, there's two parables before that. Mm-hmm. And there are three parables in a row. 
The prodigal son is the third one in a row of something being lost and something being found. The coin that's lost mm -hmm. and then found, the sheep that's lost and found, and then the son who's mm -hmm. lost and found. And I just, I think through my life, I've noticed that uh, I'm always trying to be like the father. Mm -hmm. Now that I have kids, I appreciate that more. Um, I, but it makes me appreciate my father and my parents even more. But I think that... Um, you know, I realize that sometimes I'm like the prodigal son mm -hmm. and sometimes I'm like the older son who doesn't want to let the younger son in, doesn't want to celebrate when someone's brought back. Mm -hmm. But that's what you want to do. You want to celebrate when the the sheep that has been lost mm -hmm. has been found. You want to celebrate when the coin that was lost has been found. You should, we should want to celebrate when someone who's lost has been found. And so yep. to go through at different stages of my life, praying through it, like realizing which person yep. I Who identify I, with, yeah. but we're all called to be that, that the father. Yep. There's so many layers to the prodigal son story too, because I remember this wasn't that long ago, it was maybe a year ago, but I heard someone say like, you can read that story in a sense that Jesus is the prodigal son. Hmm. He leaves heaven because Paul talks about, sure. he like leaves behind his, yeah. like in a sense, his divinity, his place in heaven to enter and become poor like us uh, up to the point of the cross. And that uh, Jesus left everything in order to, he, he shed everything that he had up to the point of his life. And he was he's God. And then he, uh, comes back with all of us with him. So it's a little bit of a different reading, but there's just so many layers, um, of that story that hit it in different ways at different times. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. He, he leaves, he doesn't spend his money on ill things, but yeah. we have, and he yes. identifies with us yeah, and then brings us back to the father. Yeah. There's some qualifiers there, but yeah. wonderful. Any, any parting comments? No. What's your favorite story in Luke? It's probably the the prodigal son. It's just such a great story, and I've and I've found you know when I, I remember as a convert, the when I was really first getting into scripture, people were like, "This is a really great story. You should read it." And I just remember reading it then, loving it in its own way. And then you know, a couple of years later, you spend more time in prayer with it, and you're like, "It's a, a totally different way. You see it, a totally different reflection." And then it's it just keeps. I mean, that's all of scripture does that. Mm -hmm. um, it always speaks in different ways, but that story always has resonated in different ways. So I, I would probably say that one, yeah. Yeah, let us know in the comments what your favorite section is. I know a lot of people love the road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24. That also, yeah. In That's Acts right. chapter 8, the Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. So there, he, he really does have some the incredible stories. stories. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So thank you all for joining us on Catholic Saints. We will see you next time. Thank you for being a dedicated listener to the Catholic Saints podcast. Your support truly uplifts us. For those seeking additional thought-provoking content, go to formed.org. It's a platform brimming with resources, including insightful videos that align seamlessly with our podcast themes. If you're finding value in our podcast, please consider taking a moment to leave us a review. Your feedback serves as a cornerstone for our growth and outreach.